Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Jacques Berger, and when I'm stalking Springbok in the Namibian wilderness, all I take with me is a knife and the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. It's all a real man needs. I reckon Jacques Berger might have needed a couple of stiff drinks after that defeat to Claremont Auvergne in the European Champions Cup. But yeah, he's absolutely right. All you need is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. That's what you're listening to right now with me, Tim, and with JB. Good day, Tim. This is the Egg Chasers podcast equivalent, these couple of weeks, of the little hiatus in the season when we play the LV Cup. Oh, isn't tell it? me about it. And the... You know, you play some of the, you play a bit of rotation. Phil's on rotation in Vietnam this week. Last week I was on rotation, left out and having a little break in Greece. Phil, Phil is probably following his girlfriend all around Vietnam, trying to stroke her hair while she forces him onto various tuk-tuks or whatever they do over there. <laughs> That's the name of the man Phil met in the club last night. Tuk-tuk, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, yes, so... It's not quite normal order being resumed. JB, the ever-present, is here again. Indeed. And Tim, can I just say, it's lovely to have you back. Thank you very much. Last week was very difficult. No, do you know what? I I just want to say, over the last couple of weeks, thank you very much. As I was listening to the podcast, as you would have been on your MP3 player, computer or whatever, uh, I was listening to it and stepping into the breach could not have asked for any more than David Flatman and Ian Bolshaw, Martin Bayfield, RGC legend and barbarian lock Bryn Williams as well. He did a did a sterling job with you last week, JB. And, and don't forget Rihanna Chandler Day. Rihanna Chandler Day as well. Thank you very much. Um, all you need to know is that we will bring you every single week, whoever's here or not here as the case may be, we will bring you your fill of rugby and there's plenty to talk about. Two big matches in the European Champions Cup, of course, but much more besides the Challenge Cup and the Championship as well. There's some stuff I want to get into there. Let me just remind you, though, you can listen to the podcast on Acast, at iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. So, fresh in our minds, JB, we've just watched Toulon against Leinster. <sighs> just devastating. I, I mean, I'm no massive Leinster fan by any stretch, but... I just felt for them. I mean, they really worked their socks off. I thought at one point they were destined to win. As soon as that try went over, that was it. It was nailed on. They still had five more points, two for the conversion, three for the penalty. But I was convinced that that was it then. It it was on. It turned in their favour. At that point, Ali Williams was off the field and Leinster had an extra man. Yeah, two heartbreaking defeats for Leinster and for Saracens as well. Dealing with Leinster first. I mean, personally, I... think it's it's great that Toulon can have a chance at this something no one else has ever done before in the history yeah. of the competition three in a row 
And to, even to reach three finals is pretty phenomenal. It is. Do you know what, though? I kind of think that, although I was proved wrong uh, with the Saracens game, and although I was proved right with the Toulon game, after seeing the Toulon game and that win, I kind of think this might have been the afternoon that Toulon finally got a bit old. The longer it went on, the slower they got. You could see the energy draining away and Leinster were getting more and more powerful. They scored that try after you know the only part of the game, and this is an extra time when they started to do the direct running. I just thought maybe this is the time when you know all the 35, 36, however many 30-year-olds they have just start to kind of wind um, down a bit. Phil's not here, so he, as we know, Phil is the one with the real accurate stats, but I think I'm right in saying that the average age of the Toulon squad was 52. 47, Fact. actually. 47, 47, 47 was it? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Close enough. Sometimes an obsession with youth, youth frustrates me. You get it particularly with football, but I think it happens with rugby as well, where straight after a major tournament where England don't do so well, suddenly it's like, get the youth in, get the 20-year-olds in and build for the next World Cup. It's like, well, no, there's a lot to be said for having old heads, and I think you saw that with well, Toulon. Well, it's like the old... Um... AC Milan teams yeah. like Costa Curta and oh, Cafu yeah. Albertini and, yeah ex- Maldini exactly Nesta I mean they would say they weren't old but they were more professional than the others yeah. and there is something to say about that but rugby is a young man's game and mm. how old is Juan Smith? I guess he's in his early 30s right just before we talk about him how do you actually say his name? Juan 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 well, I hear it every Juan, single way Juan <laughs> Or I'm sure Eddie Butler would have some much more poetic way of saying it. <laughs> Incidentally, with the fact it's two French teams in the final, can we please, BT Sport or Sky Sports, uh, whoever's broadcasting the final, maybe both, can we please just get Eddie Butler in just for the final? Because I want to hear this. Bonjour, 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 Mathieu, Bastero. Come on, that's what we want. By the way, I, I can we please, for the final, another thing is, Either Matthew Bastereau or Stefan Armitage has got to dye their hair or yeah. or do something so we can tell them apart. They're just looking. Maybe they're... one should wear like high vis jersey or something like just just like a bib so we know. Well, that'd be good for the point of view of most English rugby journalists who seem to just not be able to get off this topic of Stefan Armitage in England. Uh, this match being described has his audition for the England squad. On the strength of that, you have to say he did have a good game when he came on. He did make a big impact, did some important turnovers, puts himself around as he always has well, been. Well, I mean, he's the third best seven in the world and he should therefore be playing for England because they don't have the first or the second best seven in the world. So I, I would have him in, but, you know, what do I know? I suppose you've got to think of the team unity. You're away, I don't know if you picked this up. I think it was Tom Young's that said he wouldn't be too happy or the boys wouldn't be too, too happy in the England squad because, of course, they've all been loyal, they've stayed and Stefan has gone off somewhere. So in their view, they would have lost out money to stay and then yeah. Stefan comes back in. That, that wouldn't be anything personal on Stefan. That's just purely on the, the principle that they were told by the RFU and all the rest of it that you have to stay in England. So they, they didn't broaden their careers by going abroad. Exactly, yeah. So I think, think there is something in that because the RFU have promised it. But on the other hand, exceptional circumstances. I mean, what do you want? It's a World Cup in your own country with the seven who can also play eight, who's won three back-to-back European titles, depending on how the next yeah. fa- final goes. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. pretty exceptional, isn't it? Oh, yeah. and one European player of the year to boot. Yeah. Um, just, by the way, the build-up to the match, Talon v Leinster, was disrupted by a bit of Scottish football, which incensed JB, who, t- who took to Twitter to what say something like, why am I watching 
third world football. In Hamden Park. I didn't even realise. Is it Hamden or I don't even care what it is. It's an awful stadium, a single tier stadium. And then someone, someone had the audacity to tweet back to me and say, oh, well, there's more Celtic fans in Europe than rugby fans. There might be more Celtic fans, but I watch Sky Sports Sports to watch sports, right? I don't want... Celtic is a hobby. It's a tribe. It, it's something, but it's not high-level sport. It's a hobby. It's a hobby of, the, of religious fanatics. That's all it is, right? So in the future, if you've scheduled rugby and there happens to be some third-level, third-world football on, just put the rugby on because nobody cares. <laughs> I noticed that you weren't, you weren't bothered about the scheduling problems that extra time in the Tillon-Leinster match caused. No, I wasn't that bothered, to be fair. But... Uh, yes. even, even Brian Moore waded in um, having a little pop back at you. Yeah, by the way, when I do uh, tweet something about you know Celtic or something, I really don't need to know it's about broadcasting rights. I don't need to know the league... I don't need to know the legalities. <laughs> well, Brian Moore being a barrister or a solicitor or whatever it is. Jar- the Jared Rebecca of law. <laughs> he couldn't help himself but just, there you are. It's because they pay for broadcasting rights. Thanks. Yeah, yeah okay, we get that. Cheers, Brian. Um, the, the other thing I want to talk about, uh, uh, this controversially maybe, I thought Wayne Barnes had a good game. In that cauldron of a pressure cooker, I think he got the big decisions right in the seventh minute. There was that Christmas Zoe try that was uh, for, he was in front of the kicker, um, the little nudge forward that was given, and he got that on the money. I think it was a yellow card. I don't like the fact that you get yellow cards for competing in the air and a player goes no. down, but that but that is the way it is now. We're not we're not gonna be able to go back from that, unfortunately. Well, do you know what? That to me was one of the more acceptable ones. I've been debating cards to myself, as I usually do. And I kind of think cards are acceptable for deliberate instances of foul play. So for instance, Bucky's Botha in the first five minutes just dived on the ball, which for all intents and purposes, could be great attacking Leinster ball. Yeah, really cynical. That, to me, is a yellow card. Yeah. Where I don't like a yellow card is, you know, if someone kind of throws a fist or, you know, if there's an incident that a mother might find dangerous for her son, that kind of thing. I don't like that. This one, how more obvious can you get? There are three guys, two guys are lifting one guy in the air and Ali Williams decides to jump into it. I kind of think he deserves that. Mm. That's not like 50-50 or... It's certainly not, not like Finn Russell Gates or Payne Gates. So, fine. I'm happy with it. Something that I would definitely um, draw a, a rule on, may, may put into rugby law, is that Johnny Wilkinson has to remain clean-shaven. Do you, do you think? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, what a man, and I love hearing from the guy. He's, I think he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Yeah. Including wearing what seems to be a Toulon top from last year. Yeah, so this was pointed out to us on Twitter, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. So Johnny Wilkinson was wearing some Toulon stash, as the rest of his people on the sidelines were. But his one, above the Toulon crest, it had one little star denoting the number of times they've won the European Cup. And they only had one on, but of course they've won it twice. And yeah. all the rest of the players on the shirts had two on. So Johnny Wilkinson had out-of-date stash. I suppose it'd be better than wearing next year's stash when they've presumptuously put three stars on. <laughs> Yeah, like when the plans get leaked for an open-top bus parade, then you <laughs> <Yeah>. lose. <laughs> yeah. But Johnny Wilkinson, he's, he's meticulous with his detail. I'll, I'll, he'll be disappointed when he l- looks at that back. But no, I'd get rid of the beard, Johnny, personally. And one of my favourite parts of the game, actually, was when they were talking about a potential penalty shootout. And they turned on to Johnny and say, who would it be? And he goes, well, I guess it'd be someone, someone and someone. But of course, Johnny Wilkinson's too long kicking coach. And he goes, actually, I probably shouldn't be discussing this on air. Uh, <laughs> I'll go, go away and think about it. Yeah. Now... One thing also that I want to bring up is, and talking about Kit and Talon's kit, 
nothing to do with the stars, but to do with one of the sponsors. You picked it up, and I can't believe I've never really thought of it as unusual, but <laughs> Orangina being a sponsor of it, rugby. I wonder if they thought, like, oh, the, the elasticity of demand of Orangina is going to go shoot through the roof if only we sponsor the rugby. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because you don't think about it. When you think of rugby, you think of manliness, power, strength. Orangina. <laughs> exactly. It should be, like, Toulon sponsored by... Mediterranean granite or something or like granite from the Alps or something like that not, maybe a protein not, shake would make more yeah, would make more sense exactly not not Orangina it's a strange one mm. yeah Orangina to me it just reminds me of beach holidays from when I was four. mind you too long for most professional players reminds them of beach holidays so maybe it does work maybe it does uh, the other semi-final then and again I mean two really close games and a lot of people you know moan about the the gap between the French top 14 and, and the the British and Irish sides. Well, I think that's kind of been blown out of the water. I think England I think did really so. well to have four quarter finalists yep. and a semi finalist who could have won that game against Claremont, and they will oh, be. Hundred percent. It will be worse for them that they that they could had they not made some some simple errors. That they yeah. would have won. I mean, the money which the French teams spend are basically it's basically a deal with the devil because there's only one Toulon, so you can only have one team with all the superstars. Now, Claremont's got a strong team and admittedly it's made out of... Fafana and Jonathan Davies in your centre with Aurelion Rougerie as backup. Yeah, but do you know what they don't do? This is the polar opposite to Saracens. They don't get the absolute most out of all those players. Now, you know if a player comes into Saracen, they'll, Saracens, there'll be a plan for him, he'll fit into the strategy, they'll go forward and they'll do something pretty special. And they do this every year. And to a certain degree, it's the same with Leinster. They've got a, a concise game plan, they go out and they stick to it. So all this money that French teams are spending at the expense of all the youngsters co- coming through, to me, it's... <laughs> It is a deal with the devil. I kind of agree with you in a way. And I think on the on the, on the flip side, I think it shows England's actually in rude health because what I saw in Saracens, and I'm just going to read out what I think I've got half a dozen names here, all young, all English, all potentially top-level players. Uh, Mako and Billy Vunapola, mm-hmm. Jamie George, George Cruis, uh, Owen Farrell and Maro Itoji. Yeah. And that lad... Crikey! I mean, everyone—it's—it's it's the, it's been the, one of the most cliched things to say or one to watch. Maro Itoji. Everyone knows he—he's—he's he's not off the radar. He, he hasn't been all season. He's very much on it. But what for a twenty-year-old lad? That there was one moment where he bounced Julian Bardi, a seasoned campaigner and one of the best tacklers that Claremont have got, and he just bounced him off uh, with only a couple of yards of run-up. He's—he's a, he's a special talent. He is a special talent, and I think even more impressive is the way that. Saracens have kind of embraced him, they've managed him, they've not given him too much rugby, they expose him slowly. I mean, I think I think yesterday might have been his first European stop. It was. Yeah, so... Hold on, you deserve... Well done in Phil's absence. Fact. Thank you deserve that. Then. Well done, JB. I might even win the win the quiz today against Phil. <laughs> I mean, there's a strong chance of me winning I think it. there's a fair chance. Yeah. When you look at the English teams that were involved in the quarterfinals as well, um, you know, Bath narrowly lost out to Leinster. I mean, they'll still be gutted about that one. Bath but, could have won and should have won but that. But again, the experience that George Ford will have got from that and starring in, in that game and this whole season in, in their European competition, guys like that, I just think it it might be not what we want seeing two French teams in the final again. However, think what, like in, England have come out of this season of the European Cup with way more profit than loss. Yeah, exactly. Well, think, think of it like this. For the national teams, who is going to be in a better situation? Claremont for taking all... Well, Claremont and Toulouse, Toulon, Toulon. for taking all of their players to a final 
or Bath for going out in the semi-final with basically quarter-final. sorry quarter-final with all English players. It's got to be Bath. Got to be Bath. All young English players. So uh, and to a certain degree Saracens too. Saracens, I don't like to like them, but I kind of like them because I, I love m- them. M- much like Claremont and much like sorry uh, Toulon, they're just very dogged and have a game plan and quite robust. Well. They're just so brave. I mean, they're, they're brave and they're, they strategize. They get everything they possibly can out of. Each. They are an example of what can be can be achieved. And I, I've just got the the utmost admiration for what they do. This shows why the salary cap is actually a really good thing because you don't get this sort of innovation from any of the French squads. Because if something goes wrong, guess what? They just buy in a new superstar, or they over or they overfeed an old su- uh, superstar like Toulouse do. Um, <laughs> I think they're a wonderful, wonderful team. Interestingly, on the salary cap thing, it's all gone very quiet. Do you remember before or around Christmas, there was a lot of talk about, I can't remember who came out, might have been Premiership Rugby, said, we have investigated and we know of two breaches of salary caps, which we will tell you about in due course. So we've gone very quiet on that. Just remember who owns Premiership Rugby. It isn't the public, it's the owners. If the owners decide that they don't want to fine some other owners, that's completely their, completely their prerogative. As far mm. as I'm concerned, Premier Rugby is run extremely well. It's an extremely good competition. And if they think it's in the best interest to leave it as it is, leave it as it is. But if you're a fan of uh, Sale Sharks or Exeter Chiefs or London Irish or Harlequins or any of them, then you won't be... Legitimately, you'll be saying, no, that's, that stinks. OK, well, your first problem there is Sale Sharks have no fans. I mean, we've been to the TAJ Bell <laughs> Stadium and you oh. can't find one for love nor money. At Rugby Podcast uh, is where you can uh, respond to anything you hear on Twitter. <laughs> and let me just be clear, that was JB that said that, not me. Yeah, I see the point. But, you know, it's one of those things where they investigate themselves. They own the, the whole tournament. And if they think it's in the good of the game not to take this any further, it's completely up to them. Well, kind of on that one, and I think this leads into this quite nicely, there's, there's, there's some talk now about the Premiership being ring-fenced, ring-fenced after next season and expanded to 14 teams with no promotion or relegation for five years is what is being said, which has got the championship coaches and, and owners up in arms saying, look, this is, this is ridiculous. Five years is way too long. The argument is from the premiership clubs, if we want to get new investment, we need to give them a bit of stability. So hmm. uh, one club that maybe were really instrumental and pivotal potentially about making things a bit fairer and I've gone on the record before saying I think it's mass I think they've got it all wrong with the the, the different funding for the different tiers of the game yeah uh, London Welsh who when they were in 2013 told or 2012 um, told no you can't come up because of a ground issue they took it to court they got the rules changed to make it fairer for all championship clubs so they were on an equal playing field with the Premiership. They said a, f- a couple of months ago they were going to do the same in regards to funding, saying it's really unfair that we've got one third of the money of a lot of the Premiership clubs. They said they were going to take it to court and make it fairer for teams in the Championship and make it better for rugby in general. They've gone very quiet on that one. They've withdrawn their legal bid. And rumour is it's because they've accepted, basically been bought off by Premier Rugby to the tune of a rumoured £6.5 million. Yeah, OK. But why do you feel they're important? I mean, I'm not saying they're not, but why do you particularly feel that they are? Basically, what the Premiership clubs are saying now is they're going, oh, look at London Welsh, see? Told you the Championship's not good enough. We need to ring-fence this mm-hmm. and, and just and keep it the same. But that, that's a false argument because that's, that's apples and oranges because you're not judging like with like. Give a Championship club the same money as you give a Premiership club. Give them the well, same time to get a squad together as you, as you give a Premiership club. And 
and make things fair and then judge it because at the moment you're judging a club that have got one third of the financial clout of all the guys in it. It's like the Falklands War, really. It's like you've got... Um, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> well, no, you had, you had the British ships that, that were, were way out to sea with longer range bombs. They could drop their bombs... What are you bomb- talking about? No, wait, I'll, make, I'll explain my point. They could drop their bombs from a distance onto the Argentinian forces <laughs> who were kind of powerless and couldn't do anything about what? it. <laughs> That's, let's not compare this to the Falklands <laughs> War. I thought you liked that one, JB. No, of course I don't. Basically, it's like a bully holding uh, someone out at arm's length and the little arms of the person they're holding back is swinging, but they can't actually connect. Okay, I do disagree maybe with how important we think the championship is. All I'm saying is that the bottom line is London Welsh have taken their money and run, and I think to the detriment of their fellow championship well, sides and to the detriment of You've got to give them credit, the game. credit where credit's due. Where they lack creativity on the field, they do not lack it in the boardroom. I'll give you that. Now, on the championship, actually, there's a, there's a massive game this weekend. It's Worcester against Bristol. Final round of matches in the regular season, and whoever wins it will finish top of the league, you would imagine. Uh, with a three-point gap between the two clubs, and that will give them potential advantage should they, assuming Bristol and Worcester reach the final, um, the team that finished top will get the the home leg uh, second. Wow, which could be important. So a big old game to watch. There was a, there was a big game this weekend as well with Rotherham basically all but booking their place in the playoffs at the expense of Nottingham, uh, who drop out because uh, Nottingham lost to Rotherham. Mm. So it looks like it's going to be Bristol or Worcester against Rotherham in one semi-final. And then the other will play London Scottish in the other semi-final. Nice. So uh, keep an eye out for London that London Scottish weekend. have done incredibly well, haven't, haven't they? they? Haven't they just? I, I suppose this is where uh, my argument about not seeing the championship being that important comes a bit unstuck because these playoff games are magnificent to watch. And a jersey prop on his way to Exeter Chiefs, highly rated jersey prop. I can't remember the chap's name, but he's signed for Exeter Chiefs for next season and he's, uh, people are very excited about him. Uh, following on from... Barrington, the Jersey prop going to Saracens a couple of years ago. There's, there's a lot of players. Chris Wiles, how good's he? What season he's had? And he came from the Championship as well. So I think the Championship's important. But we'll, it is important. We'll but deal with that another day. So where, how, how do you see Bristol versus Worcester? Who are you going to back? Dean Ryan or Gavin Henson? Because I know exactly where oh, my name is. You're going with Big Gav. Of course I am. Big Gav, Gav. Big Gav got the important try, actually. I, I fancy Worcester at home. Do so, you? Um, yeah. I think yeah. Bristol. Just because Gavin might be playing. Did you see any of the Challenge Cup matches, by the way? The final is going to be fought out between Edinburgh and Gloucester. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant the real Challenge Cup in Rugby League. I was like, no, I didn't think it's even been been started yet, has it? Um, Right, so Edinburgh versus Gloucester. Hmm. It was a a real... uh, Gloucester beat Exeter Chiefs at King's Home. It was a real battle of the awful kits. Gloucester with their terrible home kit. And Exeter, whose kit I don't mind normally, with their awful European change kit, that green get-up. I mean, when I see Gloucester's kit, my eyes just instantly narrow and it, disgust course, courses through, through, through my veins. Why Gloucester feel they need all those weird shapes mixing into each other? However, we have tweeted uh, X, what they called? Their new kit manufacturer, who assure us they'll do everything X-Blades, that they can. X-Blades. X-Blades. So, X-Blades, if you're listening, navy shorts, full hoops. Navy shorts, full hoops. Well, while we're on the subject of stash... Stash! <laughs> Stash Watch, Sale Sharks have unveiled their change kit. Their, their, um, yeah, you don't refer to it as an away kit, do you? It's just a the, change the... kit. Do you know why? Why? Because you don't wear it away. No, uh, it's well. If I tell you this, the strap line for the kit is "Go with the fluoro." What are you oh, expecting? Oh no, I'm expecting some sort of rave style 
I know, something ravish, go with the fluoral. You got oh, it. Oh, my. Actually, as about to lambast that, that isn't too... I quite like it for some reason. So it's, it's really, really bright yellow with blue detail. I thought I was going to hate that when you said go with the fluoral. It's kind of got the shark fin type, Why? type lines. Why? It's a landlocked city. <laughs> <laughs> Why? 30 miles from sea. It's not as Let's if like, sail sharks. It's not as if we have tourists flocking to Manchester to go big game fishing. <laughs> I don't know, the canals, maybe you get a couple that have made their way upstream. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Also, there's a couple of shark fins on the shorts which look like they're pointing at Danny Cipriani's junk, which will be... Uh, nice. Maybe, maybe that's how he pulls all the people he's uh, alleged allegedly to Allegedly. Uh, I suppose the thing with that is it's quite clean. There's only two colours. I'm not too offended by no, that. No, I don't mind it. It's a little bit operating heavy machinery though, isn't it? Mm. Uh, but that's 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 the stash watch for this week. Um, yeah, Gloucester beat Exeter. They, they Amazingly enough, Gloucester dominated Exeter up front. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen this game. Tom, Fran- Tom Francis, the, I heard Tom Francis the Exeter had a... prop, had a, had a tough old day against uh, Afoa and Hibbard and... Wood and the co. Yeah, I heard that Nick Ward gave Tom Francis a bit of a going over, which surprised me because uh, I watched Tom Francis last week. It was a featured game on BT Sport against um, Northampton, and he had a great game against Alex Corbett Sierra. To come and stuck and stuck against Nick Wood though is surprising. <laughs> to put it mildly, the other European. Challenge Cup semi-final was Edinburgh just stuffing Newport Gwent Dragons. Which, if I were a London Irish player, and do, I do you know I, any? I, I may well know one. I may well be closely related to one and share, okay. share share quite a lot of my genes with one. But um, I would be watching that game feeling dejected at, because basically whoever won out of Edinburgh and London Irish were going to the final, and uh, London Irish heartbreakingly were denied a. Uh, that victory against Edinburgh, but there you go. I, I, I think Gloucester will will do the business in that final, but we'll wait and see. As for the final of the European Championship Cup, pick now: Claremont or Toulon? Claremont. Looking at the two, I don't know actually. Claremont didn't really excite me that much. No, nope. I think that maybe Toulon can do a bit of a Saracens on them. Having said that, watching Toulon today, I did feel that they were getting old, and maybe the explosive running. And the way that Claremont continually move the ball, and they're so attacking, mm-hmm. that could wear them down. It's actually a fascinating game. It's very two very contrasting teams. Well, one man who's been there, done it, worn the shirt a bunch of times, and he would have been gutted watching his uh, Leinsterman come off second best to Toulon was Brian O'Driscoll. Now he's been on. You mentioned BT Sport a minute ago. He was on the Claire Balding show on BT Sport. Did you see him on that? No, I didn't. He told a brilliant story about getting in a fight. Claire Balding oh. posed the question: Anyone, anyone got in a, a proper punch up? And uh, Brian O'Driscoll said that he had done with Austin Healy on a Lions tour. 2001 Lions tour in Australia, Austin Healy. We were in a team room and it was a couple of weeks after Ron Nogara had had the head punched off him in a game. And so Austin put the gloves on that were used for for training and he went over to Raj and started digging him going, is it too soon, is it too soon? And then he said, you know, do you you want to go? And I don't know, stupidly I kind of said, I'll have a go at you. I've never really boxed before, so I put the gloves on, and it was Austin, you know, the, the opportunity of giving Austin a hiding, you know. Not that, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I threw about five or six or seven or eight combinations and, and landed them all, and Austin... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Didn't land a punch, and then all the rest of uh, the squad realised that Austin was going to get a hiding, and so particularly the English guys really got excited at this. <laughs> Brilliant. He's, ne- he's hit the nail on the head because I'm not sure there's anyone more punchable than Austin Healy. I think he's brilliant and I like him. But I quite, that's why he's brilliant. Though. That's why he's brilliant because he's a divisive character and he's cheeky and he's. I he imagine care. he's the kind of guy in a change room. Like, you know, the Ronan Agora thing was quite serious, especially for Ronan Agora. And it's the sort of thing you tiptoe around unless you have an Austin Healy in the room and goes, hey, what about this? I, I really like that. But of course, he puts himself out there. But that, you know, that's kind of what, what, what leaders do. And I think in, in a certain situation, he is that kind of leader. Is there anyone you can think of that's, that's more punchable? Than Austin Healy, I feel like I'm. I'm just gonna look for the Rocky music for a second. There's, there's Eye of the Tiger, the, work, the workout the, montage. There's the theme, yeah. But the, is that the Rocky Four? You know, Dolph Lundgren when he's out in Russia and Dolph Lundgren's getting pumped up with steroids mm-hmm. and, uh, and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> 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 just go with Sorry, this. Sorry, what are you watching? <laughs> I'm watching Phil and uh, Tut Tut. <laughs> the Vietnamese chap. Um, um, right, so is there anyone more punchable than Austin Healy? Well, unfortunately, I kind of think all my favourite players are the most punchable people for the majority of rugby fans. So my two favourite players are you want to know, Gavin Henson <laughs> yeah. and James Haskell. Let's ask Carl, Carl Ferns, is Gavin Henson <laughs> punchable? Yeah, easily, apparently. However, I would quite... I think... I would go with Dylan Armitage. He seems thoroughly unlikable. That's a great shout. I know what you mean. I bet he's. I bet he's actually a lovely guy, but he's kind of got a. I think smugness is one of the one of the things all these people Ooh. have in common, isn't it? He's very smug. There is very a smugness. Self- I mean, let's face it. He's in Toulon. He's making good money. He's great at his job, and he's an absolute nightmare to play against. Why? Yeah. Why not be smug? But it doesn't make me feel better about my life. So yes, <laughs> Dylan Armitage. <laughs> Done. Done. Um, right, there is. I've got a quiz for you, JB. Ooh, far away. Can I? Hang on. Who, am I playing Phil? Yeah, I suppose technically you are playing Phil. Get you're, in. You're in a no lose situation here. But did you know that Thomas the Tank, Thomas Waldrum, mm-hmm. is on course currently and is to be a saint? Yes, that too. He's currently on course to become the Premiership's top try scorer. He's currently leading the charts. There is obviously time to go yet. Okay, and, and that can change, but he'd be the first player to achieve that feat, first forward to be Premiership top try scorer since Neil Back managed that in ninety eight, ninety nine. Wow, and imagine they're substantially different tries to the ones that Neil Back was scoring. Quite, yeah, very much so. Neil Backs were mainly on the back of driving mm. malls, weren't they? Thomas Tank said it would be a big honour if he managed it, but obviously he's doing all the cliches. It would mm-hmm. be an honour, but blah blah yeah. blah. He's just concentrating on the next game, I exactly, guess. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. But I wondered, right, since 1997, I wondered how many of the top try scorers for the season you could get. Oh, wow. How many of them you could get? So just, just, you could just rattle off some names and I'll tell you if you got them right or wrong. Okay, Tom Vondell. Correct, he's got it twice. Twice been a top try scorer. Right, okay. Well, that's a good start, I guess. Uh, so next one is Mark Quaito. 
Yep. Steve Hanley. Yep. Steve Hanley twice. Oh, really? So yep. I've got five. That's not bad. Um, hmm. Let's see. Who else may there be? Uh, oh, um, Rob Miller. Well done. I didn't think that's one of the ones I wasn't expecting you to get. 2011-12 for Sale Sharks. He scored 10 tries. Is that it? Is that all yeah. you need na- nowadays? No, that's the lowest ever top try scorer Congratulations. In, in a premiership season. <laughs> um, uh, let's think some of the good wingers. George North. Last year, maybe? Nope. Nope. Uh, we've already mentioned Neil back, so you don't need to do him. That's 98-99. Ben Cohen. Ben Cohen. No. No! Uh, Ian Bolshaw. Ian Bolshaw. Well done. 1999-2000, Ian Bolshaw got 15 tries. Okay, 1999-2000. Okay. What about Dan Luger? I think he's always been too injured, though. Chris Ashton. Correct. 2009-2010, he got 16 tries. How many more have I got to get? Uh, well, you're not going to get the very first one. A guy called Dominic Chapman. Dominic Chapman. Sorry, go on. <laughs> he played for who? Sorry, what was the name? <laughs> Dominic- uh, he Dominic- played for Newcastle. Richmond. Oh! Uh, 17 tries, the most ever in a premiership season, uh, the very first premiership season. You're missing 2004-05, which I don't think you'll get. Tom Voice was that one. Oh, I would have got Tom Voice. God damn it. Well, you might get, you should get the last two, really. All right, give me two, two more, two more guesses, and we'll call it a day. Go on then. So, uh, this is so Banahan. Uh, and my last one. Just go for like proper try scorers. Oh, Christian Wade. Correct. 2012-13. Christian Wade tied with Tom Vandell. Oh, wow. last, last what season year, that was. Last year. So the others you haven't mentioned. Uh, Nicky Gonover last year. Never in a million years we got that. Alessandro Tuilangi. Uh, okay. 2010-11. Joe Maddock. 8-9 for that... Bath. Yeah. Bloody and, hell. And David Lemmy. Oh. For I might Bristol. Have got, might have got David Lemmy if you carried on for another half hour or yeah, so. Yeah, exactly. And Bruce Rayhana when Northampton uh, were in the Premiership in 2003-04 um, was, was the other one. There you go. Well done. And you beat Phil. Congratulations. Yes, have that. Have Philip. that, Phil. One competition... Uh, we've talked about the European Champions Cup. We're going to get back onto the Premiership in a minute. But one competition we have not yet mentioned. I'm going to have to get some music up for this, JB. Yes. Yes, I've got it. <laughs> wow. Game of Thrones is back on the telly. It is. There is a new tournament in town. Next season, we were wondering, with the lack of LV Cup, how we were going to occupy our time. Well, oh. now we know. Uh, during the World Cup, there is going to be a tournament for domestic rugby called Kings of the North. Now, you say a tournament, will this, will this be jousting between the various squads? Uh, yeah, bear, bear Blade uh, jousting and then just just wrestling. Um, best of three. No, it's just going to be Sail Sharks, Newcastle Falcons and Leicester Tigers, that well-known Northern club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the Kings of the North. And they've branded this like Game of Thrones. They had the press conference in a some sort of cathedral or something. Yeah, can you imagine how confused the bishop would be when they, you know, start setting everything up? <laughs> you, you, sorry, you want to do what? Mind you, he's yeah. So this is a, yeah, this is a little bit of a strange one. It's to replace the LV Cup it, during the World Cup. Is that correct? Yes, and it's uh, basically two games, home and away. Y- each team will play the others home and away in a little mini competition. Um, 
with Newcastle Falcons, Sail Sharks and Leicester Tigers. Called, oh my called, word. Called Kings of the North and they've made it look like Game of Thrones with Can all the branding for it. of three more aggressive, abrasive directors of rugby than a three-way battle between Diamond, Cockrell and Dean Richards? You see, that's exactly my thought. I thought, forget the rugby matches. Let's just have yeah. Cockrell v Diamond v Richards in a ring. Go. Gentlemen, bare knuckle. But they're just they're so... I mean, Cockrell comes out worse here, by far, because Cockrell wants to be Diamond. Diamond <laughs> and Richards are just basically uh, on par. I reckon Richards might even be more abrasive than Diamond is. Yeah, he's slow moving, but when he, all he needs is one good connection and you're going down. They're all fairly slow, slow moving at this point now. Uh, I suppose the best at whinging would be Cockrell. He'd have an excuse to why he lost. Maybe he was unfit, he got injured. Yeah. That, that kind of thing. Um, Diamond... I just love Steve Diamond. I think he'd, Steve he'd, Diamond, be, he'd be all bravado and puffing his chest out and saying he's the best. And then I reckon Richards would just yeah, come in and clock him. A, yeah, Steve Diamond, the silverback, because yeah. that's what he is, comes straight in. Dean Richards is the real deal, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. But um, basically, the, so they've used Game of Thrones as their inspiration. And I, I was just, I, me and JB were having a little <laughs> thing. What other box sets, what other TV shows could inspire competitions? Sex and the City. Sexton City. Sex, Sexton. Oh, Sexton, Sexton City. City's even better. <laughs> Sexton City, they wander around Dublin uh, all, all week. <laughs> I thought Entourage as well, because let's face it, I mean, what is a professional rugby's career, uh, rugby player's career if it's not going for lunch every day? Entourage. Yeah, oh man, I love Entourage. I mean, Mike... But know, that, that would be a competition based in Toulon, wouldn't it? Or no, some, somewhere no, on the Mediterranean no, no, coast. No, no, It'd be based in Racing Metro, and the main <laughs> character would be Mike Phillips. <laughs> Yes. Without a doubt. And all he's doing is texting and having lunch. Yes. Where's Mike going? Oh, who knows? What about kind of, ba- I thought Band of Brothers could be about Exeter Chiefs. Yeah. You know, like, you know, honesty, integrity, good values, and, you know, taking one for the team occasionally. Yeah. And, you know, all the perennial good, good guys. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I thought maybe 24. Could be could inspire a rugby competition, but it would only be basically involving one man, a one man kind of killing machine, and instead of Jack Bauer, Jack Berger. Wow, Jack, yeah? Jack Bauer would be terrified by Jack Berger. <laughs> he would. That would be the one man he could never take down. Uh, Another great man with the initials JB for the record. <laughs> There's quite a few of them. There is. Uh, Mad Men. So this would be all about advertising gimmicks. There's only one club that could be uh, attributed to. Saracens. Saracens. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, just, that's what you need is Don Draper in the in the Mad Men creative room going, I know, Domino's delivered to every, to your seat. No, it, stop. And eagles carry the match ball. <laughs> oh, okay, why not? Uh, Breaking Bad, I don't know what, what that could inspire. Maybe something to do with like pure science, just kind of just having no drug laws or whatever, just, just pump them full of whatever you can and then we'll have superhuman I rugby players. I am itching to say something but I'm not going to. So we we can leave that one. Uh, Downton Abbey. I was thinking Harlequins. Ooh. Oh, yes, Jay. But then I thought, no. Bath. Because oh. they even train in Farley House. <laughs> yes. You've nailed it. I kind of thought of like the Bath forwards lording over the backs, <laughs> you know, making them go, you know, ferry buckets of hot water to run them baths and that kind of thing. That's a great shout. London Welsh. Yeah. Should be suits. Have you ever seen suits on, on no, Netflix? No, I've not. It is so awful. It's brilliant. It's like a parody of itself. I mean, I could go into suits all day long. It what watch it 
and tell me if you think it's a comedy or if it's serious, because I, I genuinely can't tell. It's about solicitors. London Welsh could also be Walking Dead. Uh, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Uh, if they wanted to do genuinely, if they wanted to do a tournament for like other regions, then like the the southwest, say Bath, Exeter, and Gloucester could have a tournament, and that yep. could that could be West Wing. Or if you wanted to carry on the Game of Thrones Westeros. thing, Westeros, yeah. maybe uh, it's not that good, is it? Uh, the capital teams, Kings Landing, Kings Landon. They do Land- say Land. Mm, not so much. Hey, what about this one to finish it off? One about Wayne Wayne Barnes centered around Wayne Barnes Wayne Barnes referees every single game oh god house of cards nah <laughs> nice shame there's not one not a box that based on casinos because he could be the main croupier just throwing <laughs> cards around <laughs> uh, hey, uh, you can tweet us at rugby podcast if you've got another suggestion and we could read it out on uh, on next week's show well I, I for one can't wait for kings of the north so bring it on indeed bring it on I'm really excited about the the Premiership coming back. We've now got what we've got three rounds of games to go. Squeaky bum time. It's why I love the Premiership because it is well. Unfortunately, there's no relegation battle to speak of, but every single position that matters from one down to the seventh spot for the playoff, it's awesome. And it is the the fixtures have thrown up a belting match this weekend. So let's go through the fixtures this week in the Premiership. Well, Friday night, and there's a the special Rugby Tonight programme on BT Sport before Bath against London Irish. So, your old hometown against the club that your brother now plays for. My old, Well, both, kind of, in a funny way, both my old local clubs. Because I, I lived in Bath before I came to Manchester. And before that, I grew up in Newbury. And our local top flight club is like 20 miles up the road was Reading. Ah. So, London Irish. So... Yeah, I, I like both clubs. I've got an affinity with both. I, I think Bath will win, and they have to, really. I think Bath, unfortunately, will win handily, because as much as I like London Irish, I like Bath more, and I think they're just the better team. They are the better team, but I don't think it'll be handily. I, I, no? I, I don't think Bath will get their four-try bonus. I think London Irish's defence is quite dogged uh, at the minute. On Saturday, this is a massive match for seventh place. The, the situation as it stands is, if Gloucester win the European Challenge Cup... They get the playoff. They, they get the playoff spot. So Sale and Harlequins will be hoping that doesn't happen. But Sale host Harlequins at the AJ Bell Stadium. Every time Sale go to play and you break down the teams, you say, which Sale players would I rather have in the Harlequins team? Generally speaking, it's very, very few. Maybe Dan Braid. Maybe. I mean, Nathan it, Hines in the second row. Yeah, may, again, maybe. I mean, Nathan Hines makes a strong case in Dan Braid. Dan Braid's exceptional, but, you know... If you believe all the Robshaw lovers, he is the best seven in the world. He's not. But, you know, is Dan Braid be- better than Chris Robshaw? Who knows? Mm. Anyway, that, the point I'm trying to make is Sale are very hard to predict because if they play like you expect them to play, they should lose. But if they play like Steve Diamond gets them playing, they quite often win. Well, they so win at home. It's impossible to tell. They win at home. Sale are at home. And for that reason alone, I think they'll eke out a win. I agree, despite... And I think that will cement seventh place for Sale Still potential for them to get sixth. And then they'll be hoping that Gloucester lose in the Challenge Cup final. They'll be cheering for Edinburgh. Gloucester against Newcastle. Kind of a nothing game. Gloucester at home, I think, will win. But then they've... Newcastle are very interesting because they're playing with house money now. They're not going down. I do think they're using this time to really improve. Uh, they're getting all the kids in. Have you seen their um, their prefect that, that plays? Is it Hemsley or Helmsley? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's just a prefect, isn't he? I'm surprised yeah. surprised he still hasn't got his school tie on. 
Yeah, you can imagine him being the lunchtime monitor. Exactly. Rangy kid, to put it mildly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they'll pose some pr- problems for Gloucester. And if Gloucester aren't likely to get that seventh place, which I don't think they will, no. yeah, I'm going to go with Newcastle. I think Gloucester at home. Uh, Leicester, London, Welsh, whatever. Um, move on. Mm-hmm. That that will give Leicester a maximum five points, which they have to get. Do you know what Leicester's main concern is here than the five points? Not picking up any more injuries. True that. But that'll be five points and that will, before Exeter play, that will leapfrog them, frog them two points above Exeter, assuming they get a five-point victory mm-hmm. uh, into fourth place with Exeter it's... having to go away to Wasps on Sunday. Is so it at Wasps? They're away at Wasps. And again, Sale Sharks will be cheering on Exeter because Wasps are on 53 points. I mean, Wasps technically win all their games. They can, they can make top four as well. Oh, definitely. And they've got Nathan Hughes back because his ban has been rescinded, mm-hmm. which is perfect timing as... Oh, hang on. Let's just talk about that a little, a little longer, shall we? <laughs> Nathan Hughes. You haven't mentioned it before, Jay. Was no? <laughs> well, <laughs> wonderful. His ban's been rescinded. Completely agree with that. A week after they go out against Toulon. Now, they could have done with Nathan Hughes, who is proved was innocent... Yeah, in probably the biggest match in Wasps' rec- uh, recent history, say over the last five years. Unfortunately, they had to get a biomechanical expert in to say it was unavoidable. Why didn't they just phone me? I could have told them it was unavo- uh, um, unavoidable. Why are any of them listening? Front- that, that's the biggest travesty here. Why are none of the lawmakers and decision makers listening to the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast? Because if they just listened to the podcast on the day that Nathan Hughes was... Was was he given a yellow or red? He's given a red. Given a red. A red. Yeah, given a red. They would have gone. Oh, clearly, actually, I just need to listen to Tim Phil and JB and all the tweets that they're getting in. And fair enough, hold my hands up. We made the wrong call. Off you go, play against Toulon. What kind of psychopath thinks it's an, a good idea to ban someone for a game and then find out he's guilty? Uh, sorry, innocent. Shouldn't he be able to play until he's proven guilty, rather than vice versa? It's just ludicrous. And you know, wasps came very close to winning that without their best ball carrier, without maybe the Premiership's best ball carrier. So anyway, Nathan Hughes is back. Nathan Hughes is back. Wasps host Exeter. Wasps are different. Again, another one of those teams that are different at home to away. Uh, Exeter disappointed, will be gutted after that defeat Mm. against Gloucester. Really blew it. Um, I'm not I love Exeter, as everyone uh, well knows. Yeah, I do as well. I think they're a brilliant club. I've even got my, my very own headdress, but... I do think they're going to come unstuck. It's another team which I've got a lot of admiration for, mm. Wasps. I just can't see them losing this. I think Wasps will win as well. And that will mean, depending on bonus points and, and whatnot, you would expect that to mean Exeter drop out of the not. of the top four and come very close in, in fifth, sixth position with, with Wasps. Again, this is all based on if our, our predictions pan out. The other game then, and what about this? 1v2... Northampton v Saracens. Saracens for me. Saracens have to keep playing because they're only three points in ahead of fourth place and they'll want a home semi-final. They will want a home semi-final. Northampton on a horrific run of form. Uh, getting beaten against Claremont, uh, getting battered up front by Exeter. And unlike Northampton who couldn't get the response after the Claremont game, Saracens will have one and it'll be one hell of a response and this will result in Northampton losing and losing badly. At home though? Don't care. It's going to happen. I think they miss George North. I know it's a winger and that should be like the finishing piece rather than what you build your game on but they do miss his power and let's just see how it goes but I'm pretty pretty confident in, in my predictions Saracens to really do a number on them. 
it goes one of two ways with Saracens, isn't it? On, on those times when you, like you a, a devastating semi-final defeat that you put so much emphasis and I mean un, players like to say to the cameras, don't they? Take each game as it comes, and we're just thinking about the next game. They will have been thinking about Claremont from the minute they won that quarterfinal and they will be devastated that they've lost and they'll be saying right we're going to get in on Monday and we're going to start preparing but you know what I think rubbish I think these hangovers do happen they'll be saying the right things I think it's inevitable that they will have that European hangover Northampton will be fresh they'll be angry they'll be watching the game tape getting wound up that they're having to put things right and I think they're gonna I think they'll do do enough I think it's going to come down to this. And I said this, I think, did I say it on the podcast? If I didn't, I've definitely said it before. Alex Corbett-Sierra is going to cost them a big game, whether it be in the run-ups of playoffs or in the playoffs. But I think ultimately he's going to be the reason that, that, that they lose a big match. And I think this is going to be it. Big words. There you go. Hear me now, believe me later. Oh, and we love Corbs as well. He keeps it kind of quiet. Keeps it kind of quiet. I, I just don't, I don't think he's a bad player. I just don't think he's hit the heights of what he was pre-injury. I Keep think kind of quiet, people on a diet. Scrum is straight, Tom is right. I don't deny it. There you go. Sorry, just sorry. Thought, I thought I thought Cor- Cor- Corbs should have a right to reply, and that's Absolutely. what that's what he chose to say. Well, no, I just I don't think he's a bad player. I just don't think he is what I don't think he is now what he was pre-injury. And as a prop, it's going to take months. I, I don't think you can just come back in and be that good again. Unfortunately, Saracens are going to win it, and they're going to win it well. Which will still keep Northampton top with two rounds of matches to go. I think Northampton will squeeze a win and I think it'll be guys like wow. Tom Woods, Samu Manoa, Dylan Hartley. I mean, there's experience and there's big game players. Luth, Big Luth, the PC brothers, Stephen Myler, I think, at, at Franklin's Gardens. He's a pretty special guy that all He's a good player. Them. They're all very, very good players. And if they can get, get it back together, there's no reason why they can't repeat. I just don't think they will. Like I say, watch out in the championship. There's some, there's some interesting permutations not least the fact that the, the whoever wins that match between Worcester and Bristol likely of course bonus points could mean Bristol can lose and still finish top mm-hmm. but whoever comes out on top of that one the game at six ways will be home in the first place and highest seeded on Sky Sports I would have thought you'd hope so hang on no it's not it's Scottish Cup football <laughs> so we'll have to watch that we don't know. I'm assuming it's... In fact, let me just check that. I can't see it. They do not have Worcester v... Really? V Bristol. What is the point in buying the rights to the championship if you're not going to show Worcester v Bristol? I mean, is there any point? I can't believe that's not a live game. No, I'm struggling to believe this too. Oh, well, never mind. Forget all that. Just find out what the result is and wait for the semi-finals and final. Yeah, indeed. As for the Pro 12, JB's favourite tournament... <sighs> Come on, what are the Pro 12 fixtures? They are, JB, uh, Pro 12 fixtures. Do you want me to give some comment on these, do you? Yeah, please. Okay. That would be good, make an effort. Uh, the table as that stands with three rounds of games to go. Oh, go on. Uh, Glasgow, Munster, Ulster and Ospreys are the top four and they look like they can't be caught. Brilliant. So there's nothing to play for going to the final round of games. Well, other than that, there's only four points between first and fourth, so kind of... And, okay. there's, and there's obviously the qualification spots, which are, which are all important. What happens is your top team from each nation goes through. So if all, Oh, is that what happens? Yeah, so if all the Welsh teams finish bottom, one Welsh team will go through. Oh, right, OK, yeah. But then everyone else it's up to play for. So you can get all the nation's teams through yeah. or only one of them. Well, uh, Glasgow are going to be <coughs> Scotland's representative mm-hmm. and Ospreys are going to be Wales's representative. 
And then it looks like all four of the Irish provinces, possibly Scarlet's or Edinburgh, could pip Connacht. So, right. Um, so the fixtures are Edinburgh. Go on, try, try and be excited because Phil's not here. He gets a little bit excited about Edinburgh in eighth position against bottom placed Zeba. I know. Why don't you make it really exciting and you read out these to the um, the old chart music? <laughs> Is that what you meant? Yeah, that one'll do fine. All right. Okay, so in the Guinness Pro 12, round number 20, Friday night, 24th of April, Edinburgh v Zebra. Brilliant. The barely adequate Edinburgh versus the completely inadequate Zebra. <laughs> I'm going Edinburgh. It's a battle of two proud Irish provinces. Belf in Belfast, it'll be Ulster against Dublin's Leinster. Ooh, an actual good game. I think this time I'll go for Ulster. Moving on to Saturday, the 25th of April, and it faces off Edinburgh against Z... Oh, I've already said Edinburgh v Zebra. Uh, it's Connacht against Glasgow. I cannot wait to see Ireland's traditional whipping boys go up against Glasgow to see who has the least fans. <laughs> Cardiff Blues face off against Ospreys. Ah, the um, capital dwellers against the only Welsh team that actually spend any money. Cardiff will get hammered. Munster entertain the... Italian flair of Benetton Treviso. Hmm, perennial Euro Kings versus a team which I thought were in F1, actually. And finally, to round off the Pro 12 action for this weekend, it's Newport Gwent Dragons versus Scarlets. At very best, we can hope to see Andy Powell. At very worst, we'll watch Dragons versus Scarlets. <laughs> very good, Jay. All right, Phil's not here to give balance because he actually quite likes that tournament. I don't really know enough. Of, I haven't watched enough of the it's rugby. because it's rubbish, Tim. If it was any good, you'd watch it. Oh, right. Listen, enjoy the rugby at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Tell your mates and subscribe to the podcast. Listen on Acast or iTunes. And um, thank you very much for listening right now. When's Phil back? I don't know. When his girlfriend says he's allowed back, I guess. <laughs> I think he might be back next weekend. He could whether, be. Whether or not he's back in time for the podcast... We will wait and see. It's another bank holiday weekend. Oh, no, no. Is it? No, no, no. Just two weekends time. Do you know what? I'm away for a podcast. Uh, what? I'm going to Marbella. You've been talking up how how I'll you're the ever-present. I'll be phoning in from Marbs. Will you? Yep. Will we want to hear you in Marbs? No. Is that another stag do? Yes. I'm uh, going to the gym now. No Corbs before Marbs. <laughs> at Rugby Podcast on Twitter subscribe and thank you very much for listening we'll see you next time nice one Jake see you soon in a bit bye bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 